0: In early November, New York State and New York City began soliciting bids for its induction stove challenge, which invites manufacturers to compete for contracts to place at least 10,000 induction stoves into public housing in the five boroughs, with the catch being that the stoves need to run on standard outlets as opposed to high-voltage outlets. The campaign is part of the state's effort to dramatically reduce its greenhouse gas emissions, which will mean moving away from gas stoves. To discuss this initiative and additional green opportunities in New York City's Housing Authority, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Dave Work, Vice President of Customer Project Delivery for the New York Power Authority, which is the state agency leading these efforts. Welcome to the show, Dave. Hi, thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me here. So this solicitation for at least 10,000 induction stoves is supposed to spur innovation in induction stove technology. Can you explain how... You're hoping to leverage the buying power of the New York City Housing Authority to actually accomplish that?
1: Certainly. So the New York City Housing Authority is one of NYPA's customers that, uh, together with uh, NYSERDA, the New York State uh, Energy Research and Development Authority, uh, have been working on a variety of programs. But this one is specifically for induction stoves and for NYCHA apartments. Induction cooking is a form of electric cooking that's very different from electric ranges that many of us grew up with, you know, the ones with the red hot coil on them. Um, This technology uses induction to heat the pot directly rather than an electric heating element, like I just talked about, or a natural gas burner heating the pot. The results are much more efficient, a cleaner, a safer, and a more controllable cooking environment. Some of your listeners may be familiar with induction cooking. I think many people are starting to put them in their houses. Um, They very often require upgrades to the electrical system in the house. I know from personal experience, uh, several years ago, we did some upgrades to my mother's house and we put in an induction stove, required us bringing in an electrician, actually working through and rewiring a significant portion of the kitchen to do that. The challenge of this program is really to build an induction stove that won't require those upgrades and will let us fit them into a standard uh, NYCHA kitchen. We're in the initial stages of that program and we're working again with NYCHA and NICERTA. We've developed a set of specifications which we're currently out to bid for proposals from manufacturers To develop and deploy this technology to NIPA specifications. The first phase of this program is going to take several years while the team works through uh, with whichever manufacturer or manufacturer that we are selected to develop and test the prototype, and then we're going to do some larger scale pilots prior to making a decision on full-scale deployment. But as you said earlier, the initial scope for this is uh, 10,000 units after we successfully complete all the testing and pilot phases.
0: Well, I mentioned in the top that the induction stove technology that's out there right now primarily relies on high voltage outlets, but you want these induction stoves to be able to be basically just plugged into the existing infrastructure that exists in a lot of New York's Public housing, which is older and therefore has the, the standard outlets. So, what is it about this contracting opportunity that you think will lead businesses to say, "Okay, guys, let's go back to the drawing table and come up with something that uh, works on these standard outlets"?
1: I think first and foremost, we've put a market or started to help size up a market, a sizable market for these things. This is this is not only a NYCHA problem, but this is a, you know is likely a problem uh, throughout you know large portions of the country. So we've work together with NYCHA and NYSERDA and some other stakeholders to actually put together like, what does this look like? If we put the manufacturers to the task of building us a unit that fits into this form factor. And again, um, with the reduction in voltage, what can they come up with? What are the different technologies they can use to actually make that work? There are, uh, you know, There are some smaller induction stovetops that kind of sit on the countertop that are 120. So it'll be interesting to see where the manufacturers go in terms of how they're going to slice this problem. But I think the biggest part is, is really helping to size that problem up for them and let them understand what the scale of the potential market is for this.
0: Well, there's precedent for this type of strategy of using a large government buying power to spur innovation. And specifically, I'm thinking about the 1990s and the energy saving refrigerator contest that uh, NYCHA was part of back then. Can you walk us through that experience? Uh,
1: yeah, absolutely. So, as you said, in the 1990s, uh, this was like a, the first of these programs with NYCHA and NYCERDA. We worked with manufacturers in a very similar method to this. Uh, to develop an energy-efficient refrigerator that would fit into a NYCHA apartment and, again, meet all the electrical requirements inside of the NYCHA uh, facilities. The result was we replaced more than 180,000 refrigerators in uh, NYCHA apartments uh, with new, clean, efficient uh, units that replaced you know, pretty old units at the time. They had a lot of units that had been in for quite a while. So it was a win for the residents, um, and it was a win for energy efficiency. We were able to pretty significantly reduce the electrical loads in those apartments. And that model is what we've carried forward to uh, several other programs, including this induction stove program.
0: Yeah, recently though, there have been other efforts uh, to utilize the purchasing power of the state to make advancements in New York City's housing authority. And I'm thinking of the Clean Heat Challenge back in 2021 where do things stand with, with that effort to have, I guess, a new heat pump that essentially could be installed in a window like uh, what we think of as some of the uh, window air conditioner units?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's further along than the uh, than the, the induction stove challenge. Um, we have actually, we're in testing units right now. And so what these are, these are heat pumps. And if for, for your listeners, a heat pump is effectively an air conditioner that runs in both directions. It pumps heat out of the apartment in the uh, summertime and pumps heat back into the apartment in the wintertime. And a a common question we get is how do we get heat out of the cold air? Uh, These units uh, are very efficient and are able to actually scavenge the heat from the outdoor air and pump it back into the apartment. Uh, It's technology that's been commonplace in Europe for some time. And, you know, it's becoming increasingly commonplace here in the United States. Uh, Folks are starting to see these in their houses, you probably have seen them in a cafe or coffee shop, Uh, you know, people refer to them as mini splits, but this is just a different form factor for a a high efficiency uh, heat pump that sits in a window, and while it's about the size of a conventional air conditioner, it's a little bit different form factor. It's actually a U-shape so that the inside portion and the outside portion sit down like a saddle over the window. So you end up with a significantly larger portion of the window available for to open, to ventilate, to see outside. Um, and it's just a, it's a really good looking unit that sits in the window. Um, it runs on the power that's available in these apartments. Many of these apartments are actually running air conditioners as we speak. So this would replace that completely. And I think some of the benefits, there's the obvious environmental benefits of uh, us transitioning away from these central boiler plants that, uh, that run on fossil fuels. Um, but some of the real immediate benefits to the uh, to the to the residents of these nitro facilities is comfort. Uh, anybody that's lived in a large centrally heated building is aware that you have you know you have a hard time keeping control of the temperature in your uh, in your building and in your apartment. In these in this situation, they're able to keep the temperature exactly where they want to keep the temperature. Uh, if you want it to be 75 degrees, it's going to be 75 degrees. So huge quality of life improvement for folks that are dealing with uh, large central building and boiler plants. And at the same time, you get heating and cooling out of the same unit.
0: Well, with that initiative, with the heat pump specifically, were you finding that innovation that you were looking for was coming at a reasonable cost or are those heat pumps particularly expensive?
1: Uh, we're seeing them at, at a relatively reasonable cost. The manufacturers have uh, their, these were a little further along in the induction still and in. there was a unit that was already being made mm. that they needed to do some work to adapt it to cold climate. And then we have another manufacturer that um, adapted uh, a different type of these units to the form factor of the window. So we're seeing some good innovation across uh, industry that's addressing this need. And we're in that, we're in that testing phase right now. We have uh, 36 of the units from one manufacturer deployed. And we're in the middle of testing this. Again, these units are all fully safety certified. They've got all the right UL listings, but we're in there. How does it work in the apartment? How does the weather stripping work? Are we able to, you know, how do the units from, what, what are the residents? What's the feedback from the residents on the units? And uh, taking that, adapting that as we start to move forward into the next phase, which would be a little bit larger scale test, um, and then ultimately uh, deploying uh, a larger number of these across NYCHA apartments.
0: Well, turning back to the induction stove challenge, is there a cap on how much the state is willing to pay per induction stove as part of this challenge? Are you putting a ceiling on what sort of price you'll pay for innovation?
1: Thirty five hundred per unit—that's the ceiling. And again, at this point, we're uh, we're in the, that initial phases of the procurement. We we don't know where this is going to go. You know, this is a competitive solicitation. Our goal is to drive the unit cost of those down as far as possible. So at this point, we we don't have real good feedback on what the actual cost of the units are going to be. We actually just let that uh, RFP out.
0: Well, yeah, I was curious though when the process of soliciting bids ends. I think in in January, and you look at what you have and. All the proposals say are expensive how do you determine if they are prohibitively expensive and you can't go this way and you have to pursue other means of phasing out gas stoves so i think that's the challenge on any project when you get bids back um, it,
1: you know, we'll get the bids back in January. We'll see where the bids are. You know, we, we have a whole series of things that we'll do from a cost competitive and analysis perspective from, the, from our, our procurement regulations, our customers procurement regulations, and discussions with, uh, with NYCHA on that. But that's one of those we're going to have to see when we get there how they're solving the problem, what the, what the actual costs are. But at this point, we'd be speculating in terms of, uh, you know, what the cost of these units would be.
0: Well, when considering the cost that you're willing to pay, is NIPA in consultation with NYSERDA doing some sort of cost benefit analysis that takes in consideration, say, the environmental benefits, the health benefits of transitioning to the uh, induction stoves as opposed to utilizing, say gas stoves?
1: Yeah, so I think part of it that's part of the process here is to figure out. What are the benefits of these relative to the costs? And, and what's the best way to go about this relative to other technologies we might have out there to decarbonize? Um, so, so absolutely, that's, that's a part of the conversation. It'll be an ongoing part of the conversation. That's an integral part of, of the procurement process with these types of projects.
0: When it comes to combating climate change, buildings represent one of the largest sectors of emitters. So are there other opportunities for technological innovation when it comes to reducing our carbon footprint that you hope the housing authority can spur on? We've talked about refrigerators. We've talked about heat pumps. We've talked about stoves. Are there other areas where you think NYCHA buying power can lead the landscape to be changed? Absolutely. So NYCHA, these
1: are, these are just a couple of the areas that NYCHA is looking at this type of uh, this type of work. We're all, NYCHA is also looking at other electrification technologies and working with NIPA and others uh, to electrify heating and cooling in buildings. Um, a project that we're working on with NYCHA, it's more of a central plant approach to it where we have centralized heating and cooling. It's all electric, replacing boilers and, uh, and chiller boilers in the building. Um, and air conditioning units, but more it's closer to some of the uh, the work you might see if you had a, a mini split put in your house. There's a physical head in each one of the apartments, and really it, it depends on uh, on the configuration of the apartment and then the success of these uh, of these window heat pump units, how we go forward with those. But NYCHA has has very progressive on this and has looked in a, in a bunch of different places. But there are a lot of good opportunities to electrify. Um, and decarbonize uh, the heating systems in these buildings. And you know, I, I think we're, we're looking at a couple different versions of that, whether it's the decentralized approach uh, like these window heat pumps represent or the more centralized pump approach, the uh, a centralized heating and cooling system would, would represent.
0: Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Dave Work. He's the Vice President of Customer Project Delivery for the New York Power Authority, which is working on the induction stove challenge for the New York City public housing. Dave, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Dave. Thank you for your time.
0: And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show.
1: Is your business, agency, or service interested in delivering your message to more than two dozen radio stations statewide carrying Capital Press Room? If so, visit capitalpressroom.org to contact our underwriting team.